Frank, after 45 years, I finally decided to make the decision to switch from Android to iOS. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking more like temporary decision. I have, I, I love the experiment going on here. I think we talked about this in the past and I vaguely understand what's going on. And oh my God, you wrote a blog entry, but I still feel like this is an experiment. You're, you're, I feel like you're a little bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing here, but t- tell me, Mr. Android user, how, how is life now that you have switched to iOS? Okay, well let's let's walk it back. Let's walk it back because we have we have sort of sprinkled, if you will, sort of like an iMessage confetti <laughs> sprinkling down message that you could do to all of your friends, um, and we've sprinkled the topic of of me coming in and switching over and doing this trial. It was a trial in the beginning, and, and we'll get to where we're at today. So for my birthday, Apple sent me a. <laughs> they sent me <laughs> Is that how it works. <laughs> they, I think that's that's how it worked. Apple decided to send me a um, a DTK, a development transition kit, uh, which was cool. In fact, I wrote that blog post on my birthday, the first blog post, June 25th. Uh Uh-huh. The first Um, one. I'm I'm just trying to. Yeah, I knew that was your birthday. I probably totally wished you happy birthday at the time, too. I hope. Of course you did. I hope I did. Of course, it's in your calendar, and it gives you a notification, obviously, the day of. Adding to calendar? What, what, when was that blog entry again, James? June 25th is the perfect <laughs> birthday, because it's six months before and after Christmas. It's the perfect day. So so I, I, I a few things happened. First, the DTK was coming in, and then I wrote this blog post about how excited I was about the DTK coming in, and then I snuck something in at the end, which is that I bought an iPhone. <laughs> uh, for personal use, which is the first time for the, my, I said for my first time ever, uh, you know, and I bought an iPhone, I bought an iPhone SE second generation. Yeah. These are great phones. The second generation, that's the latest generation. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. These are amazing phones. They took like this year, last year's processor and put it in a ridiculously cheap phone compared to the high end phones that cost as much as desktop computers these days so it's good to have like a high powered i don't want to call it low cost but we'll call it more normally cost uh priced phone i would say consumer friendly pricing yeah Um, that that sounds fair ish (laughs) so i i had you know my pixel 2 xl for a long time and i love this device i think it's a fantastic device and before that i had every other android device all the way back to the the moto droid which is my first one on verizon back in 2006 7 something like that whenever it came out is when i got it i launched with android 2.1 which had exchange sync on it which was a big deal so beautiful 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 <laughs> os beautiful hardware i remember it well um sliding yeah. keyboard which is great. oh fancy yeah, yeah. okay so, so so what would take you away from your your prized <clears throat> beloved android so a few things happened here. It wasn't just on a whim. It was mostly that I really wanted a new device. And I was mm-hmm. really hoping that Google would put out the Pixel 4a, which they have now. But back in the beginning of June, they had not mentioned it, talked about it, or they leaked a few things here and there. But in the middle of the coronavirus, it seemed as if nothing was going to do. And I needed some new piece of technology, Frank, to please hold me over for the next year and a half, you know, until this thing um, goes away. And I Apple see. came out and and said, here you go, $399. Here's an iPhone <laughs> SE. And I said, you know what? All of my test devices that I have are 
either ginormous iPhone 7s or an old iPhone 6, which does not get any operating updates anymore. So I was sort of in this conundrum and I said, okay, well, what if I go all in and and actually give this a try uh, and and see what happens? I think I'll talk about the other justifications about the device as we kind of talk through it. But I also had this bonus. I had a bunch of Best Buy gift cards and like, you know, those rewards. So I ended up only paying like $330 for this phone because I had a bunch of Best Buy things sitting around. But you're right. I decided to get it because I knew that if Google came out with a 4A, which it has, it was going to give it the, not the things that it it deserves compared to this iPhone SE second generation. Because one, iPhone SE second generation, perfect screen size, 4.7 inches. What a delight. Go find an iPhone 6, Frank. It's the same mm-hmm. exact size. Per, what a, a delight. It has yeah. the same exact A13 Bionic chip with third generation neural engine. It has the things. It's the same one, right? It's the same one, uh, <laughs> yeah. and and it has it, you know sixty four gigs of RAM by or of sixty four gigs of capacity by default. So that made me happy. You're doing my job for me. I was going to try to speak of the virtues of this phone, but what a glowing review! It sounds like there is absolutely nothing wrong with this product or anything. I don't know how we could possibly talk for thirty minutes about <laughs> it, but um, I'm okay. I I still feel like you're a. a, a wolf in sheep's clothing i almost said a sheep in wolf's clothing but that wouldn't work out with this analogy so how far okay so you're waiting for a pixel you were disappointed that no new pixel came out with features you wanted i guess they have now released it but you're still on this phone and you haven't said that you're dropping this thing and buying a pixel that hasn't happened yet so um well okay we won't talk about the pixel what has kept you on this phone then this Mm. long I like that. That's a good way of putting it. In my blog post, which I'll link in the show notes, I did sort of a side-by-side comparison of the things that I love, the things that I hate, the things that I I think could be better, um, but the reasons why I'm still here. Okay, here's the reasons I'm I'm still here on this on this on this iPhone SE. One, I think the iPhone SE uh, size. I mentioned it earlier. The size <laughs> of it is spectacular. I have flown my DJI drone with it. It is the perfect size for the DJI drone. Uh, controller. Uh, it's really great. It, 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 it's perfect um, uh, compared to me struggling every time to get the 2XL. And I know people are saying, but James, you decided to get the XL. And I said, well, actually Google did because often they put the better hardware in the XL phones. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why am I going to spend $1,000? I might as well spend $1,000 and 100 extra to get the better stuff. So I, I did that. Um, Here's the best part about it. I'm, is for all intents and purposes, the last holdout on iOS in my family, besides my brother-in-law, <laughs> Brian. And for good reason. I just love Android. I think it's absolutely delightful, super customizable, things like this. There were some things that were mind-boggling about iOS that I, I'm not going to go into. Okay, like the one thing, the home screen. Why can't you just say alphabetize my app icons? I don't just do that. Anyways, <laughs> I'll tell you, here is why actually moving from Android to iOS is worth $400. It's one application, Frank, one app. It's not even a good looking application, to be honest with you. It's like, it's nothing to be like, oh, wow, there's a beautiful user design built into this thing. It is, it is an, but it's an essential application, which is iMessage. It is literally, oh, it's I the best. I say the stocks app. Oh. 
I do use the stocks app. app. I do use the stocks <laughs> app. Well, I use the stocks widget, and then I go into Robinhood to check actual things. But uh, <laughs> iMessage, I, you know, I sort of, uh, you know, being from at home all the time, we've said on the podcast, inside of where we live, terrible reception. Outside, amazing reception. <laughs> you know, this is a common problem. But now, where am I at all day, every single day, Frank? inside correct you're quarantining so what, as a good person that good is correct i am quarantined up so what happens when i try to send a message when i'm on a group message that i'm the only green bubble right um <laughs> we we, every, we tolerate the green bubbles of the world don't don't feel bad don't don't let james shame you right now i want to be on the side of acceptance the ios community is accepting of the green bubbles but it surely does help group dynamics if we're all blue. <laughs> it does. It. it helps. It helps send message faster. Um, it helps images and especially video quality. Video. There it is. Video yeah. alone. Video Just games. being able to take a video and send a video and it sends. It works. <laughs> it, that's a thing. Yeah. Like it's amazing. And I know people are going to be. Oh, what about RCS? Right. Well, RCS is on Android. Yes. But nobody else has Android that I text with all the time. Like I want to be able. Here, here's the biggest kicker. I want to be able to send my wife images and photos all the time. Yes, I'm trapped in the house. What am I sending her photos of? Not, I don't even know. <laughs> I like my shoes that are just sitting there not being able to go outside. But, but, you know, like you're outside. We go on hikes all the time. It's nice mm -hmm. to be able to click a photo and then send it, and it works just like Snapchat. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's actually funny. Um, I've noticed this funny dynamic with our groups is when you're out doing stuff, you never really take pictures of yourself. You take mm -hmm. pictures of other people in the group. And so what you end up doing in the end is I have a million pictures of these people. They have pictures of me. So you have to merge everyone's photo albums. And it's gotten to be the fun, easy way to do that. You're talking about messages, but I'm an AirDrop fan, and I just uh -huh. love being able to move data files around between my devices and my computer. But it's that same sense of you can semi-rely on it. It works 80% of the time, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's it's refreshing to hear that because the truth is I haven't used an Android phone in a long time. And I wasn't sure if, like, they had a magic green bubble to green bubble protocol <laughs> as we have a blue bubble to blue bubble. So what was that protocol called again? And is that a special app you have to use? Okay. So RCS um, is a newer form of um, messaging and RCS is. Oh, like MMS, but now it's RCS. Is yeah. It's like thing? it's rich communication services and uh, rich communication services is something that the mobile carriers and the cell phone is supposed to be a replacement for SMS for all intents right. here. So it will, it, it's part of an IP based, you know, it gets away from the SMS service. You know, it's kind of like, uh, Oh, it's a internet protocol. So just like messages is able to take a lot of advantage because it can just do Wi-Fi and just talk to Apple servers directly instead yep. of going through god awful AT&T <laughs> servers. <laughs> That's correct. So you get the, you know, and I've used it. I ha I do have my brother-in-law and a few other uh, colleagues that have Android. So when we're texting, we we actually become blue, like everything, it's a different color scheme and uh in in Android messages, which is the Google message, they have 20 messaging apps, but it is the official one. And 
Oh, and, it, and it shows a little bubble and it comes through a lot faster. Uh, however, it's not, uh, you know, it's not 100% reliable. Like sometimes it disconnects from the server and it's kind of weird. But it, 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 mm-hmm. the problem is that Apple has no incentive to move to RCS. Like I don't know no. it, unless unless the um, telecoms force and say we no longer support SMS, which will never happen, right? Um, you know they don't have any reason to. So even if RCS did take over the world, it wouldn't solve my problem. Yeah, um, telecoms used to have tons of power, but these days I got a feeling they have very little power. There's <laughs> So much regulated um, competi- uh, competition at this point. They're forced to share networks and things like that. That mm-hmm. It's really hard to differentiate themselves. So I think they're kind of at the mercy of Apple and Google at the moment, which is a little weird. Like, yeah. I don't think this is a stable situation. It, it'll end at some point. But yeah, for now, Apple definitely has it as a business advantage. Look, you just did a, what, 15-minute commercial for them? <laughs> I message is like, go buy an iPhone, everyone. Do you want to yeah. communicate with humans? Buy an iPhone. It works better. Um, but you did some fun things in your blog, and I always love these. You did um, a camera test, mm-hmm. not just not just messages. So um, without reading your blog, uh, you, you did the fun, like I took a picture on the iPhone SE, and I took a picture on the Pixel 2 XL. I want to talk about those and those kinds of tests. But, but James... How do you feel the cameras are different? <laughs> yeah, so th- this is a tricky one. My wife has a uh, iPhone 11 Pro, which oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> I- I'm rocking the 11 Pro. Not to not to gloat anything over here, but gosh darn it, that is a nice camera on that phone. It is, uh, and in fact, she broke her old iPhone XS and. Uh, it, well, there's the screen had a hairline crack in it and the nice people at Apple were, were nice enough to, um, enable her to trade it in at a very wow. good deal to upgrade. Um, and they cool. did not, they did not knock her, which was good. I've been always in the camp of, I like to have two different camera systems in the house. It gave you the, we're out on a hike and here are two different perspectives, two different color profiles. One are mm-hmm. warmer and one are cooler. Uh, and some are more processed, like on on my Pixel 2 XL. It's also a single camera system um, there. And the reason I was able to get the iPhone uh, SE second generation was because my wife had the iPhone 11 Pro because I knew that it would take the best photos ever. There was no phone on the market I could get today that will take better photos than that camera on that phone. So why bother, right? But um, I, you know, myself, I decided that I was going to, uh, give this single photo, um, their single lens, uh, system a try. And I will say overall, it is fine. It's, it's good enough for me moving from my pixel two XL over to, uh, this one. It has a similar, um, um, you know, cameras, they both have a, a 12 megapixel wide camera. The Pixel 2 XL is 12.3. The different is the aperture. Um, the uh, iPhone SE is at a 1.8 f uh, stop compared to a two on the on the Pixel 2 XL. And the the difference between Apple and Google is that Google's always taken an AI hardware centric focus first. So yeah. they're, 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 they take tons of different photos and blend them all together and they take a little bit longer to processor process where 
Apple's done more things. Um, just here's the here's the, the the photo. I think more recently they're doing a lot more uh, on on device processing, but the uh, the daylight photos are I would say the same. They have a different mm-hmm. color profile. One is warmer. One is cooler, uh, and a little bit more detailed. I was I was impressed. I, I took a photo of sort of this uh, Pikachu up close with a bunch <laughs> of different different things into the way back. You know. Uh, yeah. And if if you take those photos and you, you pull them up, you can get the bigger, bigger photo of them, you know, side by side, like a huge uh, up res of them, the full, if you just drag it into a new bra- browser tab, I'll link to each individual mm-hmm. photo inside of there. And Frank, if you can't find that, I'll go ahead and put that into our Zencaster so you can see that right now in your, well, in your browser. I, I, I want to comment on these photos real quick. And that's the thing is I, I know what I think, but I don't want to know what you think, because to me. Let's talk about daylight first. Stick with daylight, then I'll talk about nighttime. So you go with daylight yeah. and see what you think. I, I, I want to go with this Pikachu one. And yes. I'm going to start with these photos are essentially identical. Mm-hmm. Um, I can nitpick little bits of each one, but they're essentially identical. Uh, you mentioned like one had a little more detail than the other. For me, I just see that as contrast. Bring this mm-hmm. up in Photoshop and just move the contrast knob a tiny bit. You mm-hmm. keep talking about one is warmer, one is cooler. Again, it's just a knob in Photoshop. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, which company decided on which default settings, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's like that problem with comparing TVs in a store. Unless you have a meter with you, you really can't compare TVs because they're at such random settings. Yeah, like the Pixel 2 XL has less contrast like comparatively because when you look at the wall color, it is white, not a pink uh, you know, compared to the iPhone that it has turned up a little bit there. Uh, so that that's one thing, but you, you're correct. I mean, the amount of detail, it look they both look very good. Um, again, it's just noise a little level bit different. is about noise the level. same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and the lenses are different. I, I love to see the different lenses. It was funny what you were uh, just saying. Uh, is it true that the iPhone SE just has one f-stop? Because I had a weird feeling that maybe like the 11s that they had multiple f-stops or like hardware f-stops not software obviously you can change anything in software it's just curious about that no just just the one just the one okay okay so i think uh google's really had a bit of an advantage here in that uh they have awesome machine learning ai Mm. expertise and neural networks and it's really impressive, I think, what they're pulling off with, as you call it, the single lens. Um, you know, the world is redundant. Neural networks <laughs> can learn what the world looks like and fill in the details. It's not like yeah. our brains aren't doing the exact same thing constantly. Uh, that said, Apple has obviously made some great leaps and bounds. I think the iPhone SE, you were mentioning, it has the hardware neural chip in it. Mm-hmm. And that's what enables it to do portrait mode. Mm-hmm. Have you done much of portrait mode? I have. It seems to work uh, fairly good as well. I think the difference that I've always had in the portrait mode on iOS now that I've used it is that it really wants to uh, only do it if it's a person, <laughs> whereas as the I Android. Know. Yeah, I, I don't have any people in my life right now. James. That's the problem. <laughs> and Android, <I'm> always, <laughs> yeah. Android's like, give me an object. It doesn't matter. You know, and that's what I want it to be. But that that's sort of the difference. Yeah, I think, you know, I I even have this weird memory of Apple saying that they're getting better at just random objects. But I think maybe they just said it works with your pet's face. Like Mm -hmm. it's able to accept animals, not just humans. But 
yeah, I would like to be able to do it of my stupid beer can because that's my world these days. <laughs> yeah. That's my friend yeah. and my companion. So anyway, what do you think about uh, night mode? Terrible. Really it's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, you know, there is no official night uh, mode, right? There's no yeah. on the iPhone 11, 11 Pro. There's a night mode and, and Android, even my Pixel 2 XL has a, a night mode on it. It was one of the first. The SE does not at all. And unfortunately, you can see by those side by side. Uh, I mean, and I took this photo multiple times and I did not pick the worst. I picked the best. Okay. There were, <laughs> yeah. there were, there were, there were times in which I took a photo at night, but I moved too quick and uh, it, it got that blurry effect, you know, like you were using yeah. a camera from 10 years ago. And that was really <laughs> surprising. And then I remember this is a $400 cell phone. And uh, then yeah. I came to terms. It's not terrible, but it's not good side by side. You can tell that the Pixel 2 XL really either took advantage of the uh, the, the processing. It took a lot of photos, combined them all together, you know, and, and sucked in more light than it. You can read the plaque in, in the Pixel yeah. 2 XL that I have um, overall. So um, that, that's kind of a, a shame. Uh, yeah, as an engineer, James, I think that you're suffering from marketing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Apple has an amazing neural network that can really lighten up images. It's a little bit freaky on the 11 Pro. I can take a shot in pretty good darkness and it'll come out looking like daylight. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the network is so aggressive at enhancing the colors and the scene and everything. So I think that you're paying a little bit of a upmarketing price right now because mm -hmm. in software, I think, because Google must be doing this in software. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, it would be noisy as all get out. Like I, I use raw camera access when I'm doing robotics and things, and they're they're decent cameras, but they're noisy. Like a real yeah. camera feed is noisy. Yep. So these are really processed things. So it's just a little bit sad in my engineering heart <laughs> that you're not getting that on the iPhone SE. Yeah, that, that was my problem is I'm totally fine with whatever shenanigans Google is doing on the Pixel because that's why it makes a good photo. Uh, and 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 comparatively, I did, you know, it's not an iOS thing. It is, it is just whatever is in the SE, you know, and, and how they're doing it. They could flip on the bit, I'm sure, but what's their incentive? They would rather you pay a thousand dollars because I took photos side by side with Heather's camera. That's what I should have put on here. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I wanted to be more pure kind of like, here's a two, a two and a half year old phone versus this, you know, this is like me upgrading from a thousand dollar phone and you can tell, Hey, this was a thousand dollar phone and it's a great yeah. camera. Um, Heather's iPhone 11 pro, we took side by side night shots, spectacular, just absolutely <laughs> amazing, better than my pixel two XL, you know, better. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 They're, they're both running enhancement networks. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, the 11 pro has the advantage of the three lenses. Like mm -hmm. if you're not able to integrate three lenses, then you're doing software wrong. Like yeah. that should well, give you a, a beautiful image. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, talking about switching, Let's take a quick break and thank our good friends over at Raygun for sponsoring this week's pod. Listen, Raygun has helped thousands of customer-centric software teams detect, diagnose, and resolve performance issues faster and more efficiently. Who doesn't want to do that? And now, for a limited time, if you switch, just like I switched from Android to iOS, but if you switch your application monitoring to Raygun, you will receive up to 20 thousand dollars in free usage credit imagine if apple gave me twenty thousand dollars 
in Apple Store credit for switching. Like that's kind of what Raygun is doing. They'll give you twenty thousand dollars in free usage credits if you switch your existing app from one to another. It's never been a better time to start to make the switch. Save thousands and empower your team with the visibility and insights they need to deliver a flawless, amazing customer experience. All you got to do is go visit Raygun.com/slash/switch to apply for the twenty thousand dollars in free credit. That's that's four zero two zero comma. Zero, zero, zero in free credit. That's raygun.com slash switch. Check them out. Raygun. Thanks, Raygun. I did not know how that segue was going, but I love that. What a deal. 20 grand for switching. Awesome. Um, Thank you, Raygun. Amazing. Uh, Okay, so. Crazy deal. Yeah, last thing I'll say is is I do use like Google Photos and other things like this. What is with this HEIC shenanigans? The high. The heath and the hick and the. I, What's up with yeah. this shenanigans? Uh, okay, I'm going to get part of this wrong, but I'll, I'll, in general, I'll get it right. <laughs> Apple has, you know, there are always better imaging codecs <laughs> out there. Yeah, This has been happening forever. Back when I was working on the WPF team in, who knows, the Stone Age, um, we were working on a new image format because every company kind of hates JPEG and ping. Um, they're state-of-the-art at the time, but they're not state-of-the-art today. We can mm-hmm. do so much better. But, you know, everyone supports JPEG, Ping, and GIF. They're kind of the image formats of the internet. So Apple said, look, we're doing this live photo thing. And we want to do this crazy night vision thing that requires actually multiple frames. They're doing image stacking if you're from a photo perspective. You know, they're merging a bunch of photos into one to get a high dynamic range. So that's basically a video. You know, what's the difference between that and a video? So they took an amazing video codec, something like H.264, but obviously something else, less patenty. (laughs) Who knows? There are technical details (laughs) in WWDC. And they split it into an image format and a video format. And indeed, you get lovely levels of quality with great compression. You're able to put these live photo things in with very ugly frames, but at least one or two good video frames. And But they're disrupting the universe. This has been tried before. I hate it personally myself. It, it doesn't matter too much if, in my world, I use iCloud for, um, I should say, iPhoto for all my photo backups, which mm-hmm. is iCloud too. And in that world, it doesn't matter. Because your photos are just in this app. You drag them out of the app when you want your photo. No biggie. Yeah. But I also, because I'm paranoid, back up all my photos to Dropbox. So whenever I plug in my phone to a computer, it downloads the latest photos and uploads those to my Dropbox. Mm-hmm. And that's when the heath and heek and he files come out. And oh boy. Okay, sorry. I, I've been talking a bit, but I got to take a step back now. When I was a kid, we sent off a bunch of analog photos to a company that scanned them for us and then sent them back. Mm. But they didn't send them back as JPEG files, which they should have. They sent them back in their own proprietary format. And to this day, I have diskettes, (laughs) three and a half inch diskettes (laughs) of very old family photos of which we probably don't have any other copies of in this ridiculous proprietary format that I have to run a Windows emulator to execute (laughs) so that I can pull these photos out of the system. And as a kid, it became this really deep lesson in my heart that like, 
you don't mess around with file formats for archival stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you, you save it as a text file. You save it as a JPEG. You don't <laughs> save it as some random word processing file format. Okay, end of rant. Yeah. End of it, yeah. And I agree. I use Google Photos for all my backups because I've used it for a long time on Android and I have a bunch of free credits and stuff. And I think that they're sharing and especially externally sharing is, is much nicer. So it's the same thing. The funny part is that on Google Photos, it it updates, it uploads the raw. And if I download it, it will download the HEIC. Uh, <laughs> and then Windows struggle bus is so hard to like process it. It will, but the apps crash often. But if I go into the browser and I just right click and hit save, it actually is, is displaying a JPEG, obviously, which is kind of funny. So they have the JPEG there, but they'll make me download the HEIC, which is kind of funny. But anyways, I digress. Um, that's the one quirk with the camera of coming over. But I know that probably long term, it's better to have those images in that format. Yeah, it just it's platform locking. You know, yeah. there was a funny story going around and I can't remember if this was like an LSAT test. Some mm. qualifying test was given out. And in the end of it, you had to like take a picture of yourself, like a selfie or something at the end of the test to mm-hmm. prove that you had taken it at home. This is like weird virus stuff going on. <laughs> and there was a whole batch of students that failed because the server couldn't read H-E-I-C-R-F or whatever file formats the iPhone uploaded because old janky Linux software does not know anything about Apple's modern image codec. And so, like, there are weird cases like that, you know? Yeah. I hate file formats. It's the worst. It is. It's the worst. I mean, what are you going to do, I guess? At the end of the day. Well, you know, talking You're about You're gonna compati- buy an iPhone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about compatibility, I will say that I'm I'm presently surprised by um, app compatibility. That's usually what people say, right? They're like, Well, you know, Android's got all my apps or iOS got all my apps, right? And uh I can't ever leave because I never wanna lose this one app that I love so much, mm. you know. Uh that's not the case. Every app is available everywhere for all intents and purposes. There there's not one app on my Android phone that I, I, you know, that wasn't Android specific or had a replacement, right? The uh, find my Android, you know, there's obviously an equivalent of find my, right? But as far as my um, calendar uh, application, my Gmail application, my news application, they're all available if you have, that's a a benefit actually from moving and being in the Google ecosystem is all of their apps move over. Google Authenticator, Google Keep, Google Keyboard, mm-hmm. Google Photos, Google Music, YouTube, your Google Wi-Fi. Like they're all there, right? They're not, uh, some of them are better than others. You, you know, you they're not native. They're native-ish because they're not using the native controls or using whatever their, you know, control package is uh, under the hood. But, uh, you know, they're all good. They're, they're all, they all work. They're all fast on this phone because it's super duper mm-hmm. fast. Uh yeah, everything's everything's there. And like so compatibility to move things over uh was a breeze. Uh you know, the, the hardest thing you gotta do is is uh move your Google authenticator stuff over. But besides that, I mean everything sort of works. I now use Edge browser nearly everywhere, so I, I have all my passwords there, which are now cross-platform. So instead of having them just in Safari or Chrome, which I could have installed Chrome too, I, I have that there. Um, but yeah, all in all, it's pretty good. You know, there are some weird limitations with apps. Like, you know, when you go to, um, 
you go to open a browser, click on a link, it always has to open in Safari until iOS 14, I hear. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's sort of a a quirk, I would say, is is you can tell that Apple really has a hold on this operating system. Like, hey, this is ours. Don't no, don't try, don't try to do whatever you're trying to do. This is our operating system, which is something that you don't you don't really get a feel for an operating system until you use it. And you know, for a long time, by the way, because I'm still learning things a month after. Yeah. Whoa, is that you? Did you scream? <laughs> no. <laughs> that that was just some lovely person outdoors. Oh, okay, perfect. We'll leave that in the podcast. Everyone's okay? <laughs> Everyone's okay. I haven't heard a second scream. <laughs> okay, that's good. Ah, uh, maybe there's you, you have a lot of spiders outside your door, so there could have been a spider that boom right in your face, then bam. Had to um, be it. Yeah, <laughs> or the uh, raccoon. <laughs> I heard some more screaming. Are you gonna have to go outside and see if everyone's okay? I think everyone's fine. Okay, People perfect. Scream sometimes. <laughs> so here's the worst part about the apps on the entirety of it. So if we get into it, I have a lot more to say. There's a, there's another hour of this podcast. Talk about the two things. One is YouTube, Frank. YouTube, you know oh, YouTube. Boy. Okay, so let, let me let me stop. Okay, that's number one. Say number two because I still have a lot to say about everything you said before that. What's number two? Well, I was going to talk about the app store. So let's just go into whatever you want to say first before we talk <laughs> about YouTube. Well, okay. Uh, I was going to say I got burnt with Google Authenticator because I never realized that none of that's being uploaded to the Google Cloud. Correct. Um, yeah. So I lost access to a bunch of accounts that I'm trying to regain access to because um, it didn't restore from an iPhone backup. So just a pro tip to everyone out there. Reminder, Google, whatever token generator thing is not cloud backuping so although frank it is now on android just not on ios so in fact i actually have i have my android phone sitting around waiting for them to update the ios phone (laughs) so i can easily transfer it in so that's a fun but the a lot of the i I use a i also have the microsoft authenticator for work and for msa accounts and that that was awesome to move back and forth really great app so yeah and it's funny how um Cross-platform is definitely expected at the large corporation level at this point. As a Mm. user, you expect Google, of course, is going to be on all the platforms. Of course. Microsoft, of course, is going to be on all the platforms. Mm -hmm. I took a little dig when you said uh, none of your apps were tied to the platform (laughs) because I have a few apps tied to the platform. Like, James, don't you want to run my app? Isn't my app indispensable to your day-to-day life? (laughs) But I guess you must rely on uh, the big corp once it sounds like yeah yeah that's a good point i you know in the last year have really slimmed down my app usage to like a screen or two so i have very very minimal applications and they're mostly tied to the larger uh companies out there the one that i was surprised that was there was my uav forecast um which is great it's my um DGI weather forecast. I can see if it's good to fly, things like that. That that came across uh, well. Uh, but most of my other applications, yeah, you know, they're the Betterment, the Wealthfronts, the Bank of America, the Robinhood, uh, the Google applications. Uh, that's probably the smallest yeah. one that that's on there. But the rest are, are larger, larger corp applications. So you're you're totally correct uh, in that in that fact. But I would also say there's 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 also the fact that is there a replacement, right? Uh, if I used sure. Calca 
there maybe is no replacement for Calca, obviously, <laughs> unfortunately. But, How sweet. <laughs> but, but you know, there's other applications that, that you might say, oh, well, what about this type of thing? Well, uh, this podcast application has this feature. Well, there's probably an equivalent maybe on, on, on iOS or Android. Like, you know, I might say use Pocket Cast or something if you were coming mm-hmm. from Overcast. Not equivalent, uh, but, you know, <laughs> good. I, I use Pocket Cast and I still do because it has all my historical data and it's nice that it's cross-platform. And the iOS version has gotten a lot better. Uh, so that's why I thought, you know, changing in 2020 is a lot different than changing in 2016. I just yeah. think that that's something that I want people to be aware of. Yeah, it's funny, actually, how many Google apps I use. Um, I use Google Play because I pay for YouTube Red and I get free music. So I'm going to use the mm-hmm. Google Play app all the time. Yep. And I use the YouTube app all the time. Getting back to your points number one and two. Uh, now I have to take a little dig, little dig at the Google James, um, for all their great cross platforminess. They have like the dumbest bugs, like the mm-hmm. tab bar will just disappear because it's not a native tab bar, like nothing's native. And so it all fails in the most ridiculous and dumb <laughs> ways, because if it was a normal tab bar, I've never seen tab bar fail. I, I've done terrible things to my apps and tab bar keeps chugging along. So like, you know, it's just weird things like that them managing the windows and they still refuse to do some platform integrations that are open to them you mentioned that apple put locks them out of some things they're opening mm-hmm. up bit by bit over years but for instance um youtube won't do picture in picture which yeah. is an api supported by apple they want you to do picture in picture but google won't do it so once again we're at the mercy of giant corp marketing ain't it wonderful I literally have that in my blog post, which is me being super <laughs> upset that YouTube does not do that. And it's very true. I got very upset by it. And I still do am to this day. In fact, what's funny is that my buddy Jesse said that uh, if you use Safari to, at least on an iPad, he couldn't confirm it yeah. on an iPhone, but on an iPad, it will do picture in picture uh, because Safari supports picture in picture. And I think it of does. Course. Pro- That's funny. <laughs> Isn't it um, funny? Yeah. yeah. I, they just haven't found a way to block it, I suppose. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they tried. Um, it, it is weird, especially these big core apps that there are web versions of a lot of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So getting back to it, tell me more. Why did why did you say that uh, YouTube was kind of a big deal and the app store? Yeah, YouTube is a big deal because it was sort of the first indication of either um, a third-party application not wanting to give all the features uh, on a, as a competitive platform. But the con- the opposite is true, too. There are circumstances in which Apple uh, is not allowing um, certain things in applications to be published. We know as app developers that Apple is a finicky beast when it comes okay. to the App Store. And sometimes they'll just be like, yeah, yeah, your apps is fine. It's awesome. And then the next day they'll say, eh, I don't know about that. And they'll make your, you know, you know, a month later to update your application and then finally approve it because uh, they have well, these guidelines. Yeah. I, everything you said is a hundred percent. I just want to add to it. I heard a rumor and let's just take it as a rumor um, that that classic thing of uh, I released an app, they approved it. I want to do a bug fix. They don't approve it for something you didn't change at all. You're just trying to get a bug fix out there, but all of a sudden they're not approving the app. They said that they're going to try to not do that as much anymore. So says the rumor where they'll allow the bug fix through and then say the next update you do, we are going to stop. 
so it's it's like a warning you have one update until the next one again again rumor but at least you know what do you could say like you giving a glass of water to someone in hell <laughs> yeah i mean comparatively right i mean that is a you know i don't want to get into all the legality the crazy things that are happening on capitol hill right now but you know this this week alone we heard from both facebook and microsoft of course full disclosure i work for microsoft but i do not work near or close any department in which is involved in these blog posts or in these conversations. But, um, you know, Facebook released their Facebook gaming application, which is for live streaming, sort of like Twitch or, 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 um, or YouTube live, you know, events. Um, and that application has both the ability to watch streamers, but also to play games inside the application. Oh. And, and then Microsoft announced their uh, Project X Cloud. Uh, launch some of their launch details. Um, and they said it's only going to come to Android and not iOS. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I, you know, Microsoft's releasing the Service Duo at some point, right? And and maybe, you know, that runs Android. So there's a lot of stuff there. But no, no, no. Both Facebook and Microsoft said, you know, Apple's App Store guidelines do not allow developers to release uh, apps that have games inside of them. They have to be either the game. They can't be a directory of games, uh, even if you're paying for a subscription, like a Netflix type of subscription, because Apple wants to review all the content in all of those games, which is very weird and completely opposite from any streaming service like Netflix, because Netflix obviously would be rated like mature or whatever, because there's mature content, same as this service. So it's a very odd odd one there that seems like a uh hey you know <laughs> we're gonna do what we want and then but you know then I, I hear the flip side of it which is is fascinating too i think it was gruber he, he said uh ding uh gruber said well you know hey you know would would google allow the apple arcade to be released on android right would yeah. would would Sony or Microsoft allowed Apple Arcade to be an app that's released on their platform? Uh, so, you know, Apple iOS is their platform. So there's that um, that sort of um, a funkiness to it. But I think as a core, as an app developer, I look at it a little bit different because if you look at traditional desktop, any of us can release a desktop application, does whatever we want it to do. And uh, I guess just, you know, a platform that you own. I feel like a phone is different. I feel like the phone is a way to, the app store is a way to distribute content and it's not the operating system or the device because that's how the Android ecosystem is, right? The Android ecosystem is, hey, you can put these Android apps on anything. Was it a fire thing? Is it this thing? Or you can put on anything. You may use services that are restricted to the Android operating system or a Google play service under the hood, but it can really go to absolutely any device, any form factor. Whereas when I think of a Nintendo Switch or I think of a console like a PlayStation uh, 4 or an Xbox One, I think of those as I am developing a piece of, of hardware dedicated that's only going to run on this one specific piece of hardware compared to an app store, which is, hey, this is going to run on every single iOS device, you know, type of thing. It's, 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 there's a slight modification there. And I think that irk um, a little, that, that little, it's not even an irk. It's, it's the little kink that irks me. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Okay. I got a lot of opinions on all of that. 
<laughs> that that's yeah that was a great summary though because i actually share your opinion on pretty much all that you call it a a, a kink a, a kink. kink in the plan okay kink in the plan yeah i just say more business annoyance kind of stuff because again it's the you know business rules versus business abilities technical rules business defense business offense it feels like a lot of those games are at play and it kind of stinks i think somewhere in the app store guidelines um you can't write launcher apps mm-hmm. in general um I, I forget how they technically define it, but the rule I've always had in my head is you can't be an app that launches or that has a bunch of apps inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the, I feel like the kind of ex implicit rule there is you can't compete with the app store. You just can't yeah. like period full stop. Like all the business dealings we see with Apple are always them protecting their, um, they're 30% margin on these things and that thing. So a lot of these rules break down to them just being a business and wanting to make sure that they have a profit and keeping out competitors that threaten their business. And in those terms, as a capitalist, I have to be like, fine. (laughs) But as a consumer, I'm like, gosh, darn it all. I want to play any game I want on any device I want, particularly the device in my pocket. I want to be able to play any possible game on. So yeah, it's super frustrating. Um, I didn't know, sorry, going backwards a tiny bit. What was the Facebook uh, thing called? I didn't catch that one. I think it's called Facebook gaming because that's their Twitch competitor. Okay, so yeah, Twitch competitor, whereas xCloud is not a Twitch competitor. xCloud's just games, so you can play your games. That's correct. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. And then Google had one, has one. (laughs) Stadia. 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 And and, and it also is not allowed in the, um, the App Store either. Right. It's funny how I even found out about xCloud because it came up on Twitter that everyone's upset at Apple for not allowing or... Yeah, whatever. Microsoft and Apple getting into a squabble over xCloud. And but basically people chiming in and saying, well, they don't allow Google either. Like, So it's not like this is an Apple versus Microsoft thing. It's just Apple really defending its territory. And it could be, uh, I don't know. There's, you know, I, you know, I look at, uh, by the way, I look at um, the, how you said it is like, is it in, in entrenching or, or is it in, in coming clashing with their businesses? inside of the app store because if you think about it where are apple's music and their films and videos that they sell or even have subscription service to not inside the app store they're apps inside the app store right whereas arcade is literally a tab inside of the app store because those games are on the app store so there's a, a finicky a finicky um, sort of balance there that they have, which is, hey, you can have Spotify and YouTube music and these competitors to Apple music because that is an app that we have open, you know, outside of the app store. If, If they were selling that inside the app store as an exclusive, you may not see those things. But again, there might be pressure because as those things grow, it could be one of those things where, it's more, um, maybe it's better if they strike a deal. Because the thing is, uh, uh, xCloud uh, is is maybe probably not 100% exactly the same 
uh, competitor is Apple Arcade. They're both subscription services or might even be similar games because some of these games that are on Apple Arcade are also on the console, um, you know, but you play X cloud games like with a controller because they're they're, they're yeah. streaming Xbox games. It's an Xbox game that's being streamed. It's not an iPhone game. So it's it's similar to a streaming service there where the Facebook gaming is two parts. It's a live streaming service, which is what's in the app that's live. And then there's mm-hmm. the play these games and with your friends type of thing. And that's not allowed. So I think that that's a really important distinction because it's really easy to make the Netflix analogy um, with all of this. It mm-hmm. just happens that, you know, even Netflix has one of their videos is like a choose your own adventure kind of video. Mm-hmm. And that's a game, you know, game. the controller stinks, but it's still a game. <laughs> um, and OK, so I, I was thinking all the incentive now is on Microsoft to make um, if they want to work on iOS or Google, if they want to work on iOS, is to make a web version of yeah. these. Because you have a web version of YouTube. We already discussed it. So we already know that the web can receive video and display it. <laughs> that's half Switch. of gaming. Yeah. The second half of gaming is I got to send a control signal <laughs> to yeah. that video. And I think what we're, um, I know the web has controller APIs because I do it from um, Oculus Quest programming. Yeah. I do game controller stuff there. So it really makes me wonder um, how Safari is limited because. Again, you can't write a web browser on iOS. It's not allowed. You have to embed Safari into your app. So even if you're using Chrome on iOS, it's really just Chrome around Safari. And so it's these barriers are there. And as app developers, as people who want to be on the app stores, we're at their mercy because our only alternatives are, as you said, desktop apps, which just don't apply to mobile period there's no way to i guess people sideload but we're not gonna (laughs) we're not gonna count those people and then the alternative is web but what happens when the company controls both they control the web and they control the app store yeah tinfoil hat off yeah (laughs) it's uh it's yeah it's a weird one that that one and that's newer because this is sort of some things that have come to to light recently because like i said in my blog post which was written before a lot of this announcements and I wasn't a Google Stadia person. I just didn't really in- intrigue me that much. I'm more of a Nintendo person. Uh, but you know, I like the idea of, of going onto my computer, going onto my phone, more to my computer, but being able to say click and go. And I, and I have something that really in- in- entices me, um, for certain games that I want to play, especially just trying out stuff like on my PC, it's always like I got to install and I got to install 18 versions of, you know, (laughs) the .NET framework or DirectX or something (laughs) like that. And you're like, okay, what's going on with my machine? So I kind of like that. I thought that was really cool. But I mean, overall, like I said, I'm very pleasantly pleased by the switch back and forth from the apps. Now, if we walk away from the apps and the streaming service, we, we probably, once some of that stuff is out, we should, we should actually try it ourselves and, and, um, and get into what's, what do we think about the future of gaming is that'd be fun. Little merge conflict. Make Um, sure you, uh, write in and tell me which game to play because I am so out of touch with which games are good. (laughs) Well, I will, I will get in and, you know, I will, uh, we'll make sure that you have the, the, the gaming pass and all this stuff and we'll try it. But let me talk about one final thing here because there's there's lots of final things, but I don't want to go much longer. But I'll, <laughs> I'll, let's end this on uh, while, the worst part of iOS. 
Oh, okay. Well, we'll end on a downer. Sounds good. What do you got? It's the worst. Notifications. They are the worst hump, hunk of junk ever that I've ever seen in an operating system. What is going on? Why are these so terrible, Frank? They're terrible. They're Can I terrible. get my current current pet peeve on it? Hit I me. have a few test devices around and that a bunch <laughs> that are actually charged and running. And say someone's like, you know, you're in a group chat and a million people are texting. And you're like, uh, uh, turn off notifications. Stop annoying me, phone. Then it goes to the next device. Then you got to turn, you know, moon mode on that device. Then it goes to my desktop computer. Then I got to turn moon mode on my desktop computer. It's so weird that they don't have a concept of identity in that me, Frank, the person, the human being here does not want to be bothered by messages <laughs> right now, but they think of it as like a, a per device thing. It's so messed up. Uh, so that's what I currently hate about it. The other one that I hate is not so much Apple's fault, maybe necessarily, but it's the fact that you still can't filter things. Mm -hmm. uh, Lyft is an app that I use and I keep notifications on because when I'm using Lyft, I definitely want notifications. When I'm not using Lyft, they spend me. How can they help me during the COVID-19 mm -hmm. crisis, James? And you're just like, no, no, bad, bad yeah. notification system. But it has improved since iOS 2. Okay. <laughs> I'll say that much. Okay. What are your pet peeves with it? I, coming from Android, I mean, Android notifications are spectacular. Their layouts, being able to see images, big images, the ability that notifications can also house uh, music playback and, and video playback controls <laughs> wow. in the background, um, the grouping, the sorting, the ability to reply and do quick actions. Like I know iMessage does have a quick reply, but it is terrible. It's disgusting comparatively. Terrible. It's, it's, it's bad. It, it, it's you bad. Don't, yeah. Is it even I, working? I've, no one knows. I've never triggered it when I wanted it to trigger and I mm -hmm. accidentally trigger it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the problem is, is how, you know, on Android, it is, it is part of the, the drop down sheet from the top and, and the notifications come down and they're grouped and you can expand them. I have no idea how to expand them. They all group together. Like you're swiping. Yeah. All I do is just swipe away notifications. I don't even read them on iOS. They're just, and there, there's a notification center and then also notifications on top of those. And I'm like, why are there multiple types yeah. of notifications? And and, and you can't see if you even have notifications just looking at your home screen. Like on Android, they're in the top bar, like little app icons. And that's really important to know like <laughs> if there's notifications up there. And I've turned off most notifications, by the way. And even the ones yeah. that I have on still upset me. Uh, they're just really bad. And I wrote in my blog post that I from WWDC, I don't really see any improvements in coming in iOS 14. So maybe iOS 15? Like, see, I just thought I thought notifications as a concept, as an as a software mechanism for communication was just a broken concept. Like no, the invention not. should not have happened. So <laughs> I, I appreciate getting this perspective from you, honestly, mm -hmm. that there might actually be a good implementation of this terrible, terrible idea from someone. I don't want to say that I don't want to say Andrew's implementation are perfect. But they are <laughs> but much, better. much better than this uh, hunk of junk uh, over here. And, I, and I, you know, uh, I feel sad about that because I have enjoyed a lot of how Android uh, notifications have gotten a lot better. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things on Android, by the way, is that apps can run in the background, even with the app dismissed, which can be abused. But when you're listening to music, 
The cool part is that the music background streaming is connected to the notification. Comparatively, when I'm listening to music and if I swipe away the app, which I swipe away my apps all the time, by the way, the music stops. How upsetting is that? You're listening Mm -hmm. to music, you swipe away the app and the music, you're like, what the heck just happened? Oh, it's because, you know, the app's not allowed to run and play music in the background. Like that's a bunch of shenanigans. So there's quirks in the (laughs) operating system of just inherently how it works that does have me upset. But that being said, I said at the beginning of the podcast, iMessage is still worth $400. So and FaceTime, (laughs) right? I I said in the very end, I said, if I end on a good note, I I feel a little bit more connected to my family since they're already iOS users. And the the reverse could be true if you're an Android user and the rest of your your family are Android users, right? So it goes either way, by the way, Um, only because at any time, I can now click on a little button that says FaceTime and I can click your face and it just works. Yeah. And it doesn't work on Android. <laughs> None of this is new. Like these are all, if, if we had recorded the show in 2016, maybe we did. <laughs> I have to go look back. Probably. Um, yeah. I think we would have had so many similar complaints to all of this stuff. But definitely with the virus out there, I think it's just hitting us so much more in the face every day mm-hmm. because now we have Discord, Skype. Uh, what, what's the one everyone else uses that I don't use? Uh, Zoom, Venmo. Yeah. I don't know. What do you use for video conferencing <laughs> these days? The Facebooks, the Twitches. We yeah. use so many pieces of media software that we can compare and contrast constantly. And we can see what are Skype's pros and cons versus Zoom and all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, they all seem to have their own notification system. So notifications remains an unsolvable computer science problem. You know, it's naming things, cache and validation, and notifications are the three hard problems in computer science. I am now convinced. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's a good experiment, too, just to see and... In you know, the new iPhone will come out this fall, I assume. Uh, and it won't be one that I upgrade to because I just got this device. So it'll be fascinating. Like next year, like when do I decide to upgrade on a two-year cycle or maybe always stick with the SE line when they do the third gen, if if they do a third gen. Then the only reason, again, the, the biggest uh, big perk I like here is that it is a great shape and design. And I know the 4A just came out and, um, and it's getting really good reviews. It's $349 and it has, you know, good camera with the processing, just like the pixel two a. Uh, but you know, I, I still think that the form factor and that eco, a little bit of the ecosystem, which is not app ecosystem, it's, it's Apple ecosystem, you know, I think mm-hmm. is the there's, and it's a very, it's a very sl- small sliver that, that the very small sliver of Apple ecosystem is iMessage and FaceTime. Like, I think that that is, is it and, and of course, if we're talking outside of the United States, um, this may be not be an issue, right? Um, if when I went uh, to uh, South America and I went to uh, Cuba and visited, I went to other uh, different countries like in Asia. Uh, you know, SMSing is not a thing. It's people mm-hmm. are doing video chats on different uh, WhatsApp and all this stuff, right? And right. it's not an issue like it is in the states, but for at least. My generation, and maybe this is my group of people, and maybe not even be my generation of millennials, for some reason in America, SMSing is just the thing that we do, just normal text messaging compared to additional ones. Like I just hate other text messaging applications. I just want the one that's built into my phone. Like that's the (laughs) one that I want to use. 
Uh, maybe the the kids, the 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 Gen uh, Zers, Zers, I think they are. Oh, whatever. Maybe they use yeah. something else. I, I don't know. Maybe in other in other groups. I'd be fascinating. You know, are are you in the states? Are you in the UK? Are you in in uh, in Asia or wherever you're listening from? Like, you know, are, are any of these points that I made about iMessage and FaceTime? You're like, okay, I don't use any of those things, so it's not a big deal. I'd be fascinating to know, you know, um, compare and yeah. contrast. So drop us a, a, a note. I bet you it definitely is an American problem. Um, yeah, for sure. But I, I happen to love chat programs. And I go through phases <laughs> where if I just hear any particular communications program is popular, I download it, install it, create an account for it. And then I attempt to convince at least one or two of my friends otherwise to also install such <laughs> apps so that we can play with it. Otherwise, I have no one to talk to on the apps. True. And I have learned so much about app design from uh, app design, expectations, what you can do with an app. It's mm. a really good way to kind of break out of your mold. So if you're ever bored or depressed, go download uh, a chat app from a different country and <laughs> just go check it out because they're always kind of interesting and fun didn't mean to make this about chat stuff but you did uh make me think of one funny thing it's impressive how many google apps you can use on ios compared to how few apple apps you can use on android true (laughs) so you definitely see uh the direction and power dynamic at play at the moment it's very true. You, I think you said it right. Like, I mean, all of the Microsoft apps are on both. Most of the Google apps are on both. Uh, I think only Apple Music is on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, uh, which is funny. But uh, yeah. and that's only because they had Beats Music, which turned into Apple Music or whatever uh, on, on Android. Else they wouldn't have it. The only other things they have are Beats for your Beats headphones and then move to iOS, which I did not use, by the way, funnily enough. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. They actually can trans. Oh, maybe I should do this. You can transfer <laughs> your, Ooh, you can transfer your messages, your accounts. And Oh, wow. That's cool. Actually. I'm going to install this. Maybe I would like to message, transfer my messages to iMessage if it lets me do that. Um, that's cool. Apparently all there's all one star reviews and it doesn't work at all. So we'll see, but you know, <laughs> even not doing so, I, I, I was able to move things over really seamlessly and log things in um, i will say a last advantage here is this iphone has a touch id remember those remember touch id oh yeah yeah well you know i did drop my phone into the lake a few weeks ago <laughs> and i got to go through all my test devices trying the different form factors so it's funny when you're talking about the shape of the phone and the size of the phone i'm like yeah yeah, I used some of my old test devices, and they felt really good in the hand, nice. especially the, even the smaller ones. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, those old ones had Touch ID. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> I, I I think I have gotten used to Face ID. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Face ID. Face ID. Yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> uh it's good in the uh, in the time of uh, in the time of uh face masks in general yeah that's that's the worst like face id was just getting good and now it basically fails anytime i'm outside so that stinks Mm. and they said they were going to make it faster like the fail was supposed to be faster it was supposed to detect that you were wearing a face mask and bring up the you know password screen much quicker but no mine just sits there like i don't know what to do man what the heck are you wearing what are you wearing buddy I got a physical button so I can just unlock it anytime I want. <laughs> Fancy uh, you. <laughs> now, the only problem I have is maybe you can tell me because I did write in the blog post is 
uh, you know, sometimes I ride my bicycle and I have a glove on and I can't use, <laughs> I can't use yeah. touch ID. How do you bring up the, the pin pad? Yeah, uh, you can get like a little applique for your glove if you want. That'll make a more conductive outer layer. You just need something that can conduct a, a little EM field. Or um, there are gloves that are little thummy gloves and you can pull off the little thummy part. <laughs> I think that's super cute. Um, but otherwise, um, maybe just uh, see if it'll scan your nose. Try to see if <laughs> it'll take a fingerprint pattern of your nose. That might work. Yeah, I really oh, don't man. know, man. Face oh. ID is so much better. Yeah. Except we need true. mask ID. I'm, I'm hoping somehow Apple magically invents mask ID. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. We totally did an hour on this, Frank. Do you remember? I was wondering how we were going to do 30 minutes on this. Okay. Yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed that rambling conversation of iOS versus Android and big business versus technological progress. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and of course, thanks to our amazing sponsor this week, Raygun. Check out Raygun at raygun.com slash switch to switch over and get $20,000 in free credit. Thanks to Reagan once again. And that's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.